1 Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of Recovery. I'm one of the hosts, Sarah Heath. And my co-host is the wonderful Justin Gentry. We are doing an episode, just the two of us. Just the two of us. I shouldn't sing when I'm sick. You're fine. Go for it. Yeah, just like lean in. Yeah, lean into it. Here's the thing. I learned this about karaoke. A good friend of mine said this about karaoke. Karaoke is for the rest of us. Like, Like for the people that can't sing. That's who karaoke is for. Like if you're coming in and you're singing good at karaoke, I, I'm, we're we're gonna start this. I, we're gonna start this whole episode off real. Just warning you. Yeah, yeah, um, we are. But, we usually are a podcast about what it's like to transition out of ministry, what it's like to transition in and out of any sort of job. But today we're a, we're an honest about karaoke podcast. We're gonna honest about karaoke. <laughs> so, um, so if you're good at singing, like if you're like really good at it, like get the fuck out. Like we don't want you. Like give me the bad people mm. like bad singers like this is your time to stand up and be cheered for because the other it. the good singers they've been cheered for their whole life karaoke this is this is our time it's for me it's not for you so so sing sing poorly here's the thing is i the problem is this my <laughs> both of my parents are great singers my brother's a really good singer i am an adequate singer if not better than average but mm-hmm. not a standalone like i'm I'm a Miley Cyrus. I can make it sound intentionally like I've got a, I'm a Taylor Swift. If we're honest, not mm-hmm. that great of a singer, but can make herself sound great. Knows how to use the instrument that she has. Yeah, She has, well, like, like me too. Like, yeah, I would say I'm an adequate singer. Like I can get mm. the job done, but I have a very limited range. And if I like Taylor Swift could afford to just basically order songs or to write songs that were within my yeah. range perfectly, yeah, she's then I would sound amazing. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah. So I think I have some like I should be better than I am. And then the truth is, I live in a place where most of my friends could get a recording contract in any moment. So that's hard too, because it's like, oh, like when I used to go karaokeing with my friends, they were like acting like, oh yeah, I'm just gonna sing a little ditty. But you know, they were on Broadway when they were four. So yeah, that is not an exaggeration. But I have a friend who was I haven't on warmed before. up. Like, oh, yeah, the fuck you're gonna warm up. Yeah, like, for karaoke. No. It's like the person who comes into the, the pool hall and they have a case. My friend Susan, who is <laughs> the most surprising and unexpected, amazing pool player. Not because she doesn't look athletic or whatever, but you just, you're like, when, woman who has three children, when did you become, and the truth is it was in college. She became an incredible pool player in college. And you go to a pool bar with her. And she acts real nonchalant, but then she pulls out a suitcase, like the little, like, and you're like, that is not, that's not a flute. That woman yeah. is bringing her own pool stick. Yeah. yeah. Or bringing your own bowling ball and bowling shoes. Yeah. 
like oh yeah. okay we're you're throwing down here okay tonight. well this is different this is something yeah. it's you know my friend mike though my i'm friend, three beers in we're this is right. not going to be a competition yeah no i came here for the chili cheese fries if we're honest oh and gosh. you have clearly I, come to I'm so, i don't well, this is going to be a banter podcast today i think because uh, you know chili we, cheese fries at a bowling alley like nothing uh, i don't want to see how they're made I don't know what kind of can they came from. I don't care. But they are something about that is it's heaven. It's truly heaven. And here's the thing. I can't eat the chili. So all because I am <laughs> allergic to beef. So oh all I'm doing is I'm getting the I'm splitting it with someone. Here, here's how I do it. Everyone be prepared to go bowling with me. I'm splitting it with someone. And then I'm going to take the the fries that aren't covered. Those are my that's my zone. The fries that aren't covered. But they have the cheesy goodness because I don't know what kind of Costco situation shredded cheese they're getting, but nothing tastes like that. And I don't think it's the like cheap beer that you get at the bowling alley, but I can't say it's not that. But the first summary is also like the amount I like French fries is I should be a lot bigger than I am just based on my French fry. And I never I let other people order them and then I eat all of their French fries. I'm a terrible person when it comes to that. Like. But I have friends who are so loving to me. No shame. That, no shame. Yeah, they'll order French fries knowing that they're going to split them with me. Yeah, but just then if I you order, order like a fries salad. around, if you order fries adjacent to Sarah, you're also. It's a tax at it's this a, point. Yeah. My middle kiddo, she, we mm -hmm. joked about, we would order her food, but she would always eat off yeah. our, one of our plates. Mm -hmm. And we joked like, you know, when she gets older, she's just going to say like, oh, I'll have what her she's having. Like, yeah. oh, you'll have the same thing. Oh, no, 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 no. I will. I will just be eating what she's. I eating. will literally be eating. There is a restaurant here that charges you for my girlfriend's not hungry charge. <laughs> um, which just means you can split things because I'll be honest, like I, I all the time. I'm like, oh, no, I'm not really hungry. Like as an example today, I went out to eat with my friend and $60 later, guys. I was like, oh, I'm not really hungry. And then I was like, oh, that looks good. Oh, no. And then I'm not going to pay. I'm not going to not pay you. I'm going to split season it with you. Well, yeah. Anyway, really. all that to say, guys, I was going to say my friend Mike has it, his own bowling ball. And it, that does feel a bit of like a power play when he shows up. It, it but does, he's also the person that's going to get like really into whatever he's doing. So there might have been like two months where he was into bowling. And he was like, well, then I got to get my own bowling ball. And, and now that I have it, mm -hmm. like they don't go bad. It'll go bad, yeah, if I don't use it. Yeah. So, so welcome. So welcome to that intro. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you just got a slice of because Sarah and I have been talking for close to an hour before we hit yeah. record, and and that's that was you know that was like the remnants of our last conversation. Basically, basically and, karaoke. We were basically just talking about like all that we wanted to share with you guys and how like it's really cool to be part of this podcast and there's all this sort of stuff of like we want to talk. I guess I'm doing like a spoiler alert. We're going to talk about the things that have helped us over the last mm -hmm. little while and the things that have been surprising about transitioning in work and things in life. And I was like, <laughs> we get on and I'm like, first off, Justin, life is really hard right now. And I don't know how to like sound like, and I refuse to be the person who's like, but here's 10 things to do. Now, am I a great coach and I can coach people well, like into their best selves? Absolutely. Am I great at living my best life every day? Not so much. Well, I think that is a very, that's a very Rev Covery thing because I, I mean, we, that was your job. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter how you're feeling. Can you make right. someone else feel great today? And 
and and I and I mean I think and that's not even a bad thing. I don't even think that's like an unhealthy thing to a certain extent. Because I mean, and you and yeah. I have talked about this before. Maybe it was recorded. Maybe it wasn't. Who can say? But like the sometimes helping someone gets you out of whatever you're in too. Oh, one hundred percent. Or or like at least at least kickstarts the work, and yeah. then you're able to kind of con- you know, contextualize it or just stop like staring at your own navel for lack of a better expression. Yeah, we're not meant to do that. You know. Yeah, I mean, you ruminating is 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 you can. I guess here's my thing about ruminating. Like it does help you find things, but it doesn't help you fix anything <laughs> like, no. like, oh, I need to work on this. But how I'm working on this is not going to be staring at it. No. And so I just need to get out and live life and sometimes just let the, the Plinko chip find its way to health. Well, and, and it actually all comes from work. this, this conversation and some of these thoughts come from a conversation that was happened on our social media where I, I posted a quote a couple of weeks ago that you had offered from Elizabeth Gilbert, actually. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of like, you don't need to worry about how other people receive what you're doing kind of thing. And this uh, guy who is a phenomenal, one of our listeners, shout out, said, you know, as a gay man, I think I learned how to worry about what other people, how other people were receiving me so much that I have high empathy, which is like a good thing, but a hard thing. And I think I spent most of my adult life really hoping <laughs> to be able to help people and hoping that people were receiving me in a way that would be helpful and feeling like I needed to be an expert mm-hmm. in happiness. Does that make sense? So if I'm not happy, how can I convince you this is what you should do to be happy, right? And I think my fear even now is like, okay, if I'm honest about like, it's kind of hard right now for a lot of reasons. I've been sick for a really long time and just feeling like I've got all these cool things on the burner, but none of them are taken off. Like, what do I do with that? If I'm honest about that, who's going to want to be around me? Because the false narrative I was given was that in ministry, I literally, I've, I've shared this story on this before, I'm sure. I literally had a supervisor one time tell me, people know you're sad. This was after a, an engagement didn't go through. People know you're sad and nobody wants to follow someone. You who's say sad. that nonchalantly. Like when an engagement doesn't go through, it's pretty rough. <laughs> that's devastating. Yeah, that was ten what? years ago. I feel like I have more than ten now. Uh, yeah. I feel like that one. That one's been wrapped up. I think I've yeah. Had I mean, some not, painful ones since, but yeah. But it at the time for people to be like, "Hey, can you be less sad?" Well, like, and I wasn't no. sad in the pulpit. I yeah. was just yeah. I just wasn't. I don't know how to be anything other than authentic. And yet I've been trained to be inauthentic. And I think we, we have to be careful because there's a difference between working your crap out. Like I think sometimes podcasts and things can become a little bit of like, I'm going to work my stuff out with you or pastors who preach and are like, I'm going to work out my stuff on you. And I don't want to be like an unhealed, you know, the difference between scabs and scars. But I also think I don't have room anymore to be inauthentic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think there's a this can maybe be this can maybe segue into something that I've had to learn or uh, have found helpful. Because I did not. I'm going to say similar in that they were superficially similar, not because it was the same level of pain. But like right after I lost my ministry job, I no, I was actually I lost my ministry job and then 
a year later, I was laid off from my first corporate job. So it was like, I like uprooted my family for this corporate job. And right. we were like, the plan was like, this is where we're going to be. And then it was like, so I was talking to like a friend of a friend who was a recruiter and, and I was just being honest with him about how I was feeling. And he's like, Hey, you know, like you're really wearing it on your sleeve here. And basically no one's going to want to hire you. If right. You're, yeah. You know. I get that. It's like, I get that. But I was also like, I'm you, you invited me to lunch <laughs> to talk about how I'm feeling like, and to help me work through that so that we could get me a job. Like I'm, why would I be inauthentic with you in this moment? And that was, it was just very frustrating. Cause it's like, I think sometimes people invite vulnerability and then when they actually get it, or it's like more than they thought it was, mm -hmm. then they're like, Hey, can you put that back now? Right. And, and that, that almost hurts more. Cause right. it's like, I, I let my guard down for you for a second. And now you're using that against me in in some weird way. And I, I think, cause I, I really took it personally when I got let go from that corporate job, I was very mad. I mean, I understood that I, I wasn't mad at any particular person. Cause it was just like, this is, you know, like this is what the finance spreadsheet says. We yeah. People. I think that I learned how to not hold a grudge, though, because I think I very easily could have just been like, I'm never working for that company again. Uh, spoiler alert, I'm currently working for that company again. Uh, <laughs> she wanted me back. You know, yeah, they want to be back. <laughs> she, uh, she broke up with me and then she wanted me back. Yeah, but I but I I came I went back a lot smarter, too, because I was like, I, hey, I'm not going to get stuck in this, you know, contract position again. But. Yeah, I think it's there's this I to the learning point, I think, and I hope I'm articulating this well, is that there is a difference between being kind of your full authentic self all the time. But also, like, I guess complete honesty is not the same as full disclosure in some ways. Yeah. And complete honesty. Or I guess you can be authentic without being being authentic doesn't mean letting everything out all the time. Yeah. And and also like understanding kind of the context of the way corporate and business relationships work being just very different than the way church relationships work and, and very different than the way friendships work. I think one of the problems, honestly, with our country and with Western culture and capitalism in general is that we've yeah. kind of, we, I think not just people that are in ministry, but I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten like the difference between a friend and a coworker, and uh, the, and and those things can blend, but I think it's also like it's good to keep in mind that there are differences here, and and yeah. that they're not bad. I think no. when I first came out of ministry, it was just like, you know, this is bad that I have to hide who I am. This is bad that I I have to be a different person. This is bad that I have to do something that's boring. This is bad that I can't be honest with this recruiter. You know, I was like, no, it's just like the like the lines are diff drawn differently, right. and and. I can fight it all I want, but the person that can fight it is like the CEO of a multi-billion dollar corporation. They can fight that kind of work culture nonsense. You, entry level project manager, you're not going to win that, you know? Yeah, I think, you know, we were talking about how we want to like say the resources that have helped us. So me thinking through this stuff, this is going to sound funny, is one of the things that has worked well for me in thinking through like kind of not being responsible for how other people 
receive me. And I'm sure I've mentioned it before. I actually, guys, I do a devotional. I know it's going to upset you. Mm. Um, I know Justin's face, if you guys could see it, but it's from Melody Beetle and it's called the language of letting go. And it's literally daily meditations on codependency because <laughs> I don't know <laughs> that I was codependent before I went into mm-hmm. the job, but my friendships, my work relationships, even my coaching relationships, I find myself having to, yeah, like having to recognize when I'm being codependent. So I don't think it was just a job. I think it's part of my personality trait, but the yeah. job definitely helped it. I'm sorry. I kept laughing, not because you were doing it, but the, when, it, when it was daily devotions on codependency, I just, like I, it, it felt like the book itself was codependent. Like you have to come to me every day and <laughs> we have to like, I just like, I don't think it just, that was what tickled me so much. No, uh, it's the daily, it's meditations. I don't even say devotions. Yeah. Um, um, and it literally is a woman who wrote codependent no more, which is oh, kind of yeah. a book that yeah. is, uh, beloved, but like, I find it really helpful just every day to be reminded that like, it's not up mm-hmm. to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I also, I don't do a daily devotional, but I have a book that is a daily devotional that I can. Oh yeah. I don't do to. it daily. Let's be yeah. clear. Keep going. <laughs> it's, it's, and this has actually been a really good book for me. It's called the book of awakening oh. um, by Mark Nepo. And I, I, so I Googled him one time many years ago and he seemed great. He could be ultra problematic now. I don't know. Like sometimes when I recommend a book, I'm Same, like, this was good I know, for me. I was just thinking, I've never I'm looked like, at Melody. I haven't like, I'm not up on the news. So any book recommendation we give today is just like, this helped us. Not a full endorsement of this person. This person might be trash. Yeah. But I, I don't think Mark Nepo is. He's probably wonderful and still wonderful. But I just like, I just thought of that just for a case. second. Just dis- like, disclaimer. <laughs> I was like, We're not being, uh, this is not a paid sponsorship. No. But I, I think for me, it just, especially as I was wrestling with my spirituality, it's very like, I mean, it's more influenced, I think, by Eastern stuff, but I, it, it's kind of non-denominational, I guess. I don't know how you would call it. And it, it just, it's just helpful to just kind of sit and reflect and just have someone else kind of say like, hey, let's think about we're all just a drop in the ocean for a second. And, you know, or love, isn't it great? Look at someone and, you know. Love, you know, look at the people around you and experience love. You know, I don't know. It's just, it's like a little, just a little weight. And, and I find that helpful because it is, I mean, it, it was easy in ministry. It's easy in life to just get stuck. And I actually remember like that book in particular. It was when I was, was in that period where I'd lost my job and I, we were saving a lot of money on childcare because I was taking care of the kids. But I, I had like a, Dad needs his 15 minutes time with them. <laughs> and I would be like, I, I would like literally just sit with this book. And they knew like when dad had this book, like leave him alone. Oh, it was and, like a, a context clue. Yeah. I was just like, dad needs his 15 minutes without you just to like. And, and that was it was super helpful. Even just the, the context clues were helpful. And this is like pre pandemic. You know, I think I think the pandemic really like created a lot of like for, a lot of people created those spaces with their kids. Like, hey, you need to go somewhere else because daddy needs his me time. But that was really helpful. So I'd say, yeah, the book of awakening by Mark Nepo and I, I, any book that kind of just kind of forces you to think about it daily like that. And 
that's not the Bible <laughs> sometimes is is just super helpful. Well, I was just thinking like I haven't read today's devotional, but the the like our meditation guys again, sorry, should have activate you know trigger activating or what is it trauma activating the goal is balance we need a balance between work and play we need a balance between giving and receiving we need a balance in thought and feelings we need a balance in caring for our physical self and our spiritual self and she goes on and on we need a balance between our professional life and our personal life like it's and it goes on mm -hmm. and on it's not that long guys but mm -hmm. i mean it, it it always feels a little you know what it is okay i'm just gonna admit it it feels a little bit like reading a your horoscope and then I feel like when I read it, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's what I needed to hear today. Yeah. Like, and that's I there's so many like there are a lot of parallels for me in like the book of awakening and, and the Bible, because, you know, the Bible, you would like you do have the same experience sometimes like, oh, I, I, that's what I needed, you know, and we don't remember all the days we read it and it was frustrating. Like we just read it like, oh, that's that I needed that today. I don't know. I just think sometimes just sitting in front of I'm not saying anything. But I think when you're just sitting in front of something as a routine, it, it does like just jiggles your subconscious around a little bit and and brings that stuff to the surface. And I think sometimes in the deconstruction community, we can be so anti daily devotional. Like, I hate that word even, mm -hmm. you know, that I think oh, no, it sounds like you're about to like choke on it when you say it, to be honest, yeah, like, you know, but at the same time, though, I'm finding that that as a practice is actually really helpful for me. I'll just say that I wouldn't call it a daily devotional. <laughs> I'll just say just that like my my reading, my re reading this book that says read this on April 30th, <laughs> like and it's like 10 minutes, if that. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth, and this podcast is just that. Here at the Speaking in Church podcast, we talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast, And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know. One of my clients is one of my coaching clients. I don't try to give too much information on them, but they're, I think they're about to create a really cool thing like this with like, they uh, have a really witty way of writing, almost like a Garrison Keillor, like mm -hmm. funny way of writing it. And I was like, what if you did it in like a 52 readings, mm -hmm. you know, cause people like me are like, ah, I just want to, just want like one, you know, I need a little bit a day, you know? Because I am going to share a couple of other books that have meant something to me. But I'm not going to lie to you. One of them, I don't know the ending could be terrible because it's taking me forever to read it. <laughs> like forever. So, so well, well, I mean, I, let's how, how about this? I, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. We haven't. We did plan this. We I'm did. just letting you know. There was a plan. There was a plan. But we didn't really plan the structure as well. Do you want to do like books and then yeah, like songs and then yeah. like whatever, you know, like miscellaneous stuff at the end? So I love it. Let, let's let's do books. You did one. I'm I just did one. Now can you can you do another one? Can you do the one I can. you just I've talked got about? Three, I have three total oh, three. because it's a three nice. point sermon tonight, friends. Excellent. I love this. So I've mentioned this book before. I'm still slogging through it, but it's because it's really meaningful. It's called Lighter. It's by Young Pop. Pub, 
Pueblo, Pueblo. It is, it is meaty, but it's good. And it's lighter is about letting go. And I, you can see, I just keep like reading the same pages over and over again because they're, you know, so yeah, this book has been good so far. And a lot of the people who have read it and recommended it are pretty neat. The thing is about him is I thought this was going to be a book of poems. I bought this book originally to use for our poem section, right? Because I just bought a bunch of books with poems that mm-hmm. I and like from people I have liked when I've read their poems on Instagram or whatever. And then it turned out, no, 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 this is like an actual book about living life. So lighter, it's good. All right. What about you? I'm volleying to you. What else? Okay. Another book that, well, as I, I, I'm going to lump this into a category of books. Okay. Okay. And I'm going to like that. We're coming up with rules too. This is fun. Keep going. Well, yeah. And there, I hesitate to even mention them because like, they're all like stoicism adjacent and stoicism. There's a lot, a lot of, you know, Silicon Valley people that are like, Oh, let's be into stoicism and let's just wear black t-shirts and uh, every day. That's, That's not what I'm talking about. But I have found that like there's a book called The Obstacle is the Way. There's also the subtle art Ooh. of not giving a fuck. I tried that one and didn't get into it. You know, it's it's I I mentioned two of them because they're written very differently, but they're kind of adjacent in okay. their philosophy or their source material, I should say, is stoicism. And I, I'm not like I'm not a stoic. I'm really not. I'm much more of an Epicurean if you're going to like peg me and the Greek philosophers. Oh. But Whoa. some people um, just Google that me being one of them. It's, it's fine. <laughs> I, it's not even it's not even a flex. It's like I'm <laughs> not. It's not why I'm saying it. Is it as much of a flex as me drinking out of this giant Sonic cup? No I, one can see it, but you can. I, this is a Route I, 44, babe. I wasn't going to comment on it, but it's it's it, it, the perfect set piece to this whole conversation. I found, I found, especially after leaving ministry, my heart was on my sleeve. You know, we kind of talked about that earlier. I think I found that having a different way of looking at the world, a different way of kind of categorizing my thinking was very helpful. And learning how to let go of what people thought was important to me, or it was a lesson I needed to learn. And, you know, like books like The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday or the ops or the subtle art of not giving a fuck. I think it's Mark Manson. We're just helpful. I will just say the obstacle is the way is the more like normal book. The subtle art of not giving a fuck is written in the style that you would imagine a book that has that title is. So choose your own adventure there. But I found, I, I just found it to be very helpful. And I also just finding like not Christian sources that kind of like helped ground me and just whatever I was experiencing at the time was really that was what I needed. And that's not that, you know, Christian books can be are bad. Like there's actually some that are quite good. We just, you know, our the book that we did by Brian McLaren was lovely. So I enjoyed bad. I enjoyed reading it. But those two books, especially right as I was coming out of ministry, were like, wow, this is what I needed. I needed this just to get through. And it's it's, it's helped me ever since. So those are my that's my plug so my for next. ancient Greek and Roman philosophers. <laughs> But written by through written, the lens written, of, th- written through the lens of like modern day folks, modern um, day humans. Yeah, I would say a book that I have been recommending to a lot of my clients, but also one that like I read years and years ago and has just meant a lot to me is Steal Like an Artist hmm. by Austin Kahn. It is literally written for those of us who have ADHD in so many ways. And that like one chapter will be like a picture 
And then the next chapter is like a bunch of words. And then, but he is this phenomenal artist and content creator. And his whole point is like, we're always afraid we're not doing something original Mm -hmm. and we're never doing anything original. So, Mm -hmm. and it's how do you like open yourself up to the muse? And so, yeah, it's this really neat book. And I love, I love the graphics. Like I love how he, and it's really an easy read. And so still like an artist. He also has a book called Show Your Work. And it's also really good. So that's an easy one. You have another one? Uh, yes, I do. And this is going to come as no surprise to people that, that know me and what I, um, and what I enjoy. But I'm going to say Big Magic by Elizabeth yeah. Gilbert. I, and here's why. So I originally, like kind of the first book on creativity and being a creative person I read was The War of Art, which is not a bad book. But it comes at creativity from a very like this is war kind of mentality. Yeah. Like uh, we're going to fight resistance every day and the resistance to your art is relentless. And it's just like you have to beat it into submission. And and that's fine. And Stephen Pressfield, he's written a lot of great things, a, a lot of great things about war. So it makes sense. And I what I loved about Big Magic was the the lightness that comes with being creative Mm. and that it's fun and you can play with it and that's okay. You don't have to get up every morning at 4am and fight against yourself in order to create something. Yeah. That's actually this book lighter. There's a whole section about finding a, um, a practice and his whole thing is like, you don't have to like, it's not a discipline necessarily. Like it should stretch you but not be something you don't want to do. And and I think being a creative person generally, I think that has been a good thing for me as well. Like and not leaving that behind, even though what I create now is very different. Making that as a practice has been helpful. But like I just I just have really it was it was again one of a book I needed at the time. And it was a book that was it was a very stark contrast to the war of art. Because it was like I just I I would make a terrible soldier. Like I really would. Like, why do we have to get up? <laughs> Which so early is so funny because you're a crossfitting beast. Yeah, but it's like I do that on my own schedule. <laughs> you know, like I don't like. I mean, yeah. yeah, just it's the more like the like you have to fight this. This is a war. You're gonna yeah. wake up in war. No, I need I need to wake up peacefully. <laughs> like, like I lately, I've been resisting anything that's like, are you doing something today that's gonna make Sarah of tomorrow proud? Yeah. And like, look, oh, I like that. did my I I cooked my dinner tonight. Like that's yeah. Justin of tomorrow has too high of expectations of yeah. what Justin of today is capable of. Seriously. So we're, we're just gonna enjoy and and I I love Liz Gilbert's general philosophy about just we're writing people permission slips. Yeah, like, you can be creative. You can do that thing. I think one of my favorite things in life to do is to write people permission slips. Like. Me too. I was I was just talking to a friend that was didn't feel like they had accomplished as much as they wanted to on a particular day. And I was like, you did X, Y, and Z. Like, that's enough. Like, that's enough. And and I have to be that person that steps in. And and I think that book, Big Magic, really was that for me. Like, stepped in and was like, it's fine. It's fine. What if so what if you didn't write today? Like, like, so what if you sat that book down and it just it just died? Like. It, th- that muse moved on 
you know, like she does use Muse a lot, you know, and like I there'll, be another, yeah. there'll be another one like, it's you know, right it, here. It, I need to reread okay. it. I went and saw her speak and it was like I did a conference with her and it was wonderful. Yeah. And so I just I find that having that approach and even like having that approach within having a nine to five corporate job, I yeah. I think that's more doable. I think, yeah, the whole like it's war stuff. Yeah, great. If you're a full time screenwriter. Yeah, it probably is war because that's your paycheck, mm-hmm. you know, but it's like, it's not my paycheck. And so my creativity should be fun. It should be something I do on the margins. And if it expands to be my job, great. But like right. she even talks about like not putting the pressure to be your livelihood on whatever it is that you love to do, because then you'll hate it. Yeah. Like, then you're like whipping that horse to like, you've got to make me money. And that's I think she tells a story in that book. I'm sorry, I'm going to about when eat pray love went big she was sitting at like a flea market selling like her handcrafted something or others like just you know like just not like always finding some way else to make money because like i've shipped this book and it's done now and i still have to pay bills it's probably it's probably gonna do okay well and it's surrendering the outcome right i love that and she wrote, and the book is not about guarantees either. That's what I liked about it. There was, it wasn't like a pitch to like, yeah. this is how you write, eat, play rough. Like, no, this is just, this is just how you be creative. That's good. I mean, and I think it gave a lot of us permission. I, I, I joke that the year I took to like work on the Airstream and that whole thing was definitely my eat, pray, love, right? I'm going to go eat, mm-hmm. pray, love. I'm yeah. going to go eat, pray, date men in flannels i'm gonna go <laughs> yeah drink at breweries <laughs> yell at god in an airstream and date men in flannels that, that can be mine hey you know like whatever whatever your eat pray love is right the joke i always would say with you is i just want a guy who's handy and handsy <laughs> that was the whole <laughs> that was my year that was my motto it's not as cute it's handy and handsy uh, hey. a book about building you know, you are always the best at coming up with puns and <laughs> wordplay. And so it's my it would, father. It would not surprise me that your criteria is also Andy and Nancy. Yeah. You know? And it's my acts of like it's like acts of love or acts of uh it is literally my love languages, right? Like words uh, like uh, you know, acts of service and physical affection. So like, yeah. Said in a yeah. different way. Um, all right. So the other book. And the book that I like gave oh, me so much one. hope I'm, and I need to, I'm, I think I'm running out. No, you're good. This is the last one I had that oh, I've good. got tons of books. Again, I'm your standard ADHD or where I have like a graveyard of books, but you're true. These are the ones I've read overcoming under earning. This is our practical <laughs> moment, guys. Yeah. This book is all about a five step plan and I need to reread it, but I have never filled out an entire workbook. And I filled out this entire workbook and yeah. So this book was really good. Am I wealthy? No, but do I have a different relationship with money? I'm working towards it for sure. Because I think one of the things that Justin and I often talk about is I'm very frightened of money. I am a hustler and I try really hard and I am not business minded. And one of the things with ADHD for me is that I'm numbers blind. It means I cannot remember numbers or I can remember a lot of things. I can't remember percentages or what percentages mean. So all of that 
stresses me out, makes me insecure. And so this book made me feel a little bit better about it. So I don't have any more books. Cause I, That's I, don't, great. I don't read enough. Well, I mean, I, I do. There is a, I'm actually looking at four books over there that I'm currently reading, quote unquote. But I don't, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to recommend them to however many people listen to this. So uh, this is going to be a different one. What about songs? Okay. Songs that have like been your rev covery anthems. Yeah. Um, songs that have gotten you through, songs that have just been, you know, helpful. Yeah. What's your playlist, Sarah? I got an intense one. Oh. Um, actually, guys, I make playlists. So follow me on Spotify if you want to, if you really want to dig in there. My love language is making playlists for people. This is, have you heard of the band called The Collective? Uh, that sounds like a band I should know, but I do not. Well, it almost sounds like a Christian worship band. It is not. It's called, sorry, The Collection. Called The Collection. Oh, that's the song. I would avoid that band. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> except don't worry about it. The song is called The Doubtful One. And would you be okay with me reading the lyrics? Let's go for it. It's intense. Brother Thomas, did you walk away from Jesus wondering if it was a dream? Do, did all your doubts creep back and tell you that your fingers hadn't even ever touched a single thing because i have read the story so many times where you healed that man and he could see perfectly again but in between it reads that all he saw were men as trees and that seems to cloud my vision all my friends that have never met you doesn't mean they deserve to die but i heard once that you came here as love for us all and not to pull the wood out of our eyes hmm. and uh the line that gets me every time is, oh, holy preacher, did you ever think that maybe there was more to life than dying in a pew? Isn't the whole world just hell enough for all of us? Do you have to murder them for all the things they do? Because all my friends I know that have ever heard you speak, and I know when you speak, it brings up life. So would you pretty please come speak to all of them and me, growing as collectively into your wife? Lead me to the mountain, write it all on these stones of tablets. So it's like this, because <laughs> all my friends, they have stolen we have lied and we have looked upon each other full of lust. And I, it's this like really beautiful song about doubt. Mm, yeah. And like, did Thomas touch the sides, decide you were real and then keep walking away? Yeah. So, yeah. That's, that's intense for sure. You know, I want my hands to bleed from loving, not from condemning. It's like this beautiful song about doubt. And it's clearly someone who was or is still part of the faith. So, yeah. Or like we, we were attracted to the faith because it was about loving people and making a difference and moving society forward, you know. Right. And and I'm gonna just keep doing that. I might and and I'm gonna eschew the branding. Right. You know. Um, yeah. So that's my song that is intense. Sorry if that brings up stuff for people, but there it is. Yeah. I mine went. We. I'll I'll bring up an intense one later. We'll like save the intensity, but <laughs> I think a song for me that was, I feel like my breakup song with mm. ministry was high and dry by Radiohead. Mm. Even if the song's not really about that, there were just lines that was like, and just even that, the sentiment of don't leave me high and dry. Like I just felt like I'd been thrown out on the street and 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 just like the the sentiment in the song is like killing yourself for recognition and Oof. and trying to trying to you know turning into something you were not 
and like I just I remember listening to that song over and over again and it's it's on my like deconstruction playlist you know it's just like that was like and it doesn't get me through and like it's songs are funny in the sense that like the songs that get you through aren't songs that resolve at the end no usually not like your standard worship song is like i doubted and it was terrible but now i'm fine because jesus is alive you know like it's there's always like the resolution there's never there's no there's no worship song there's no there's really rarely any christian songs even like that aren't aren't worship songs that don't resolve in some Mm -hmm. way at the end and i think there are like the songs that really get you through that you're like that's the one i keep coming back to are the ones that they don't resolve. They just like, here's the emotion of this. Here's the crappy emotion. <laughs> We're going to sing about it for a bit. And here it is. I think sometimes that's what we need. And so I think that's that's what that particular song and other songs too did to me. It's like, it gave me a space to just feel that like, I feel abandoned and I just need to be, I need to be okay sitting with that for a second. And, and as someone who has ADHD, as someone who's an Enneagram seven, like I, I think I find music to be that anchor when it's like, I know I need to feel sad. Mm. Like I, I know I need to, but like, I'm not just going to be, I'm not going to just naturally just sit and be sad. <laughs> and so I need that to like invitation and that like anchor to like, here's, here's what sadness feels like. Um, and you need to kind of sit with it for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I know this person, weirdly, not super well, but if you got a problem by Joy Ladakun, do you know who she is? Uh, yes, I do. I was introduced to her recently and I'm a bit obsessed. Yeah, she's wonderful. She's from this area. She actually used to sing in a mega church here. And I knew her because she played at beers and hymns that I would go to. But that song, actually, Kevin sent it to me once. And it was just right when I needed to hear that. Like, if, mm-hmm. if you got a problem, I got a problem, too. Like, it was just this idea of community that I really needed at the time. So that was yeah. that's been a song that's been super helpful for me. Yeah, her her whole album, like, there's like, mm-hmm. I don't Yeah, there's a lot of songs of hers, I could say for sure. Oh, 100 percent. I think. Uh, did you have more to say about that one? No, that's it. OK, someone on, on our discord mentioned this song Plowshare P- Prayer by Spencer LaHoy. Oh, uh huh. Or LaJoy, sorry. I can't get through that song without crying every okay. time. I skip it frequently. Um, <laughs> if it comes up, like, not today, not today, Spencer. Not today. You don't get my heart today. I think for me, too, that that song was, uh, was helpful in articulating that sentiment of what brought me into the faith and the offering of comfort to people. That's what kept me in ministry in a lot of ways. And, and still fuels me today, like the ability to do that. Like, I mean, what I was talking about earlier about writing permission slips for people, like being the kind of person that that is a, a, a presence in people's lives that 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 takes away sadness and pain. And that like that that song is very much an offering of that, like, here's awfulness and we're going to try to just hold it up here for a second and we're going to try to, you know, make space. And you know, I don't know, it's just a it's a song that continues to get me i'm not gonna i'm not gonna read the lyrics because i'm probably gonna tear up like it's my uh there are a couple things that just every time like i'm like yep that's gonna be the waterworks for me so (laughs) i'm gonna go this is gonna i'm gonna start crying yeah i so funny story about the waterworks 
another scene that I can't from a movie that I can't not cry on is in, in that that movie Inside Out, that Pixar movie. Uh, have you seen mm. Inside Out? No. Oh, well. There's a scene because you and Scott uh, have both told me not to watch it because it's so emotional. It it I'm not telling you not to. I'm just saying be prepared because there's a character named Bing Bong. I'm not going to spoil it for you. Uh, for those of you that have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And it's absurd that I would see a character named Bing Bong and I would see a particular scene with this character and I would cry every time. But anyway, I was at like a youth camp and like it was like this kind of like setting where like a lot of people could like, you know, kind of, you know, play cards and this, that and the other. And they're watching a movie and they were like watching this movie in a corner. And like the scene comes up. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm playing cards. I'm like trying not to look. I'm like. This is going to get me if I, so I'm trying to avoid it. So do you want to know what makes me cry all the time? This is a tangent, but not, I, it is the funniest thing because there, there are many ways where you can tell that I was raised around an older brother and, um, I was a little bit of a tomboy. Um, I'm quite femme presenting, but I have a little bit of a tomboy side. 30, <laughs> the, uh, 30 on 30 or 30 for th- whatever it's called, the ESPN, like, expose stuff i cry i get teary like the you know the kid whose friend gets shot and then he ends up playing in his uniform done like i can't (laughs) you know the one player who carries the other player i can't (laughs) i just can't Mm -hmm. yeah we should also mention we have i don't want to say his name right it's kyle cloudle cloudway it's c-a-u-d-l-e how would you say that kyle you're one of our listeners and you're amazing Kyle put in uh, some music on SoundCloud that is so good. And mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. Actually, several of our people have. And I, I just got to tell you, it was so good. So I just had to say that, uh, that for a song or music that was pretty great. Kyle, he killed it. It was so good. You got anything else you want to share? Uh, another song? Mm-hmm. I have a lot of songs. That's fine. Uh, how about I share? Uh, I'll, I'll stick to a category. Okay. I'll share a show tune. Okay. And I'll share a funny song. Okay. 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 I'll share the funny song first. It's, it's, a, it's, I don't even know if it's country, bluegrass, whatever you call it. It's called Conversations with the Devil by Ray Wiley Hubbard. And I should have a John Prine song in here. Oh, man. Crap. Okay. I, I already, <laughs> see, I already, I already, I blew it because I said this one. There's a lot of good John Prine songs too. But anyway. It's funny because it just makes fun of the whole concept of the devil. Like this guy dies and he goes to hell and he's like, I didn't do anything wrong. And the devil's like, you know, what about all that whiskey and cocaine? And he's like, hey, like I didn't snort the cocaine to get high. just like the way it smelled. Like it's just really like just this funny back and forth that makes fun of the whole thing. But also like. Like it talks about all oh, the like, you know, Jesus wouldn't have, you know, Jesus wasn't a or Buddha wasn't a Christian, but Jesus would have made a good Buddhist. Like just very <laughs> like, I don't know. It, it I think sometimes making fun of it is helpful to me. And so maybe it's helpful to other people. So, yeah, it's just this dumb, funny, weird country song that that's great. Uh, also, I when I get to heaven by John Prine is a good one as well. Okay, you have to, have to tell your show tune because I'm looking up the name of this song. Like, I know what the lyrics are, but I don't know the name. Okay, show tune. Little known fact about Justin. When I was in college, I didn't really like musicals. It's not that I didn't like musicals. Here's, here's actually, no. 
I never, never in my life have I not liked musicals. What I don't like is I don't like people offering up or forcing me to listen to their show tunes when I have not seen the show. That's my problem. Like if you're just like, oh, hey, Hamilton, great. Let's listen to the whole Hamilton soundtrack and you've never seen it. Like, I I don't care. I have no context for any of this. Like, this means nothing to me. After I see Hamilton, like, yeah, I'm putting that soundtrack in and I'm like seeing all of it. So anyway, that's just my weirdness about show tunes. So anyway, my show tune that I'm going to pick for this thing that helped me is from the Wicked soundtrack, Defying Gravity, which is like the big song. For whatever reason, it just like screamed deconstruction and me leaving the church to me personally. And so it's on my deconstruction soundtrack as like, yep, this is how I feel. I feel like, you know, I hope you church are happy in the end, but I I've I've got to go and I'm going to do my own thing. So I'm going to ride a broom into the sunset like my beautiful green self. I am going to say something that's going to be very controversial and may lose a lot of our followers. Oh, please do. I don't think I don't like her voice. Oh, that's fine. She sings through her oh, nose and I can't yeah. handle it. Yeah, Jessica Chenoweth or whatever. No, it's uh, Adina. Adina Menzel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Is it, no, I, I, sorry, I'd rather be messed that name up. But She has um, a great... She, she is very, very talented, but I don't like her voice. It's Kristen Which is Chenoweth. like a terrible thing to say because I know she's really talented. I just don't like her voice. So, there we go. Show tunes-ish. Hamilton. What got me through, actually, I my delight, my last sermon series on the song that like we're gonna teach them how to say goodbye. That like entire thing is like that's that's it for me. That was good. Uh, yeah, because it's like we don't do a very good job of helping people leave things, and that song is all about like, hey, when you're a leader, we can do we can help people like be happy with what we did and it was great and we can walk away in a good way. So that one, the song I'm looking for that I like cannot find is there's a song that is on my playlist of like songs, but I cannot find it. It's like, <laughs> it it's a, uh, this guy is singing about his philosophy and it's like beautiful. And he goes on and on. And then he goes, F it. That's my philosophy. <laughs> and um, you don't hurt me and I won't hurt you. But it is hysterical, and I want to find it because the lyrics are amazing. Do you have another song? Um, I listen to so much music, guys. This is the thing. Yeah, I do. So, I well, okay, this will be kind of a plug in our kind of deconstruction space. Andre Henry's Playing Hooky was oh, yeah. my That anthem. song is so good. And it's more or less about skipping church. I would listen to it on Sunday mornings. Like, it was so good. Yeah. Like doing the dishes or getting breakfast ready. Like I have my earbuds in. I'm like, yeah, that's a really good one. I love the when he's swinging his hips in church. That's so good. Yeah. You know what? I'm just going to say I have a lot of songs. And um, if you want to follow me on Spotify, you can listen to all of them. My friends have a band called Moonsville Collective. They're silly songs. They have a song called uh, it's like Doghouse. And it's all about being like cheated on. But then at the end, you discover that he was or cheating on someone, then you discover he was cheated on. And I don't know why, but that song makes me laugh really hard. 
because all of those guys are such good guys that would never like all of that is just not who they are at all. But so I think hearing people be really creative and create stories is always really inspiring to me. So a song about <laughs> cheating makes me laugh really hard. And I normally would not laugh at that. So they're fun. Yeah, I could go on and on. And I listen to like, really, you know, here's the thing is like, I'm into like Nathaniel Rack. I'm into like Radcliffe. I'm into like bluegrass. I'm into rap music. I'm into so much. And I think it's really kind of what you're up to. I'd love to hear from people, our listeners, like what song got you through? So if you guys could like tell us that, that would be amazing. Because there's so many songs that are so good. And I think it's important for us to listen to them. There is also a song that makes me laugh a lot by Kate Nash called Dickhead. Uh, and that makes me <laughs> laugh a lot. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. I have not. I will definitely check it out. Mm-hmm. I, I have also found like songs that are about some kind of like joyful defiance. Really loving a lot of Little Nas X songs. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But also like like Don't Stop Me Now by Queen. Like just uh, these like very, very queer, very joyfully defiant kind of songs that those have been incredibly helpful and just kind of calibrating what joy looks like for me. And in the midst of, you know, midst of hardship and weirdness and, and things not being great, finding that has been really good for me. Yeah, I guess the last one is I think you say Lanny is the band, but um, or artist and it's I still talk to Jesus. Yeah, you've sent me that one. It's it's so good. And it kind of talks, you know, about I'm probably not going to go to heaven, but I still talk to Jesus. (laughs) And I think that's me, right? Like (laughs) I every now and then I'll be honest, I still talk to Jesus, even when I'm not sure about it. Yeah. So, guys, send in your artists as well. It's so funny. Justin and I've got quiet and I've gotten quiet because we're like, which songs do we share? I'm so glad you didn't give me a long time to prepare for this because literally the amount of time I spend making a playlist and it like, I mean, it'll go everywhere from like the Smiths to like, yeah, I'm all over the place. And I'm like such a music snob. I listen to, I'm like, yeah, I used to get accused of being like a hipster or indie girl or whatever. And I like all kinds of music. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we've done books, we've done music. What else is there? We are like, we've been going at this for a while. Friends, we thank have. you for sticking around. I would say podcasts, but like. <laughs> the podcasts I listen to are silly. Yeah, I, that is actually funny. I listen to very few deconstruction podcasts. I, I, I subscribe to all of the ones that, you know, are people in our ever media know, and yeah. just people that we and just people that I know and that I meet in this space. And I, I do listen to them very frequently. But like my like every episode podcast lately are not in this space, I think because this is kind of where I work, you know? And so I will say just kind of, uh, kind of just a random like grab bag, like kind of what I'm listening to. Like I listen to a lot of like Dungeons and Dragons podcasts, which is something I picked up during, again, during the pandemic, you know, like my lost youth. It's like, they're super nerdy, like, but it's, it's, it's my, it's just me. It's just for me. Like it's, I think I, I had for a long time like this and maybe it was because I was a pastor had this like, you know, what are people watching? What are people into? Like, I've got to be got to have my my pulse on the culture or something and whatever. But now I'm like, no, I just I enjoy this for me. I don't know anyone in my like space that listens to this. 
obviously millions of people do, but I just don't necessarily know them. I know a couple people on Twitter, you know, that listen to like Critical Role and stuff, but it's like, or Dimension 20. And, but it's, I just enjoy this for me. And, and it's fine if I'm the only one that watches it, uh, as long as it stays on. And yeah, so that, that one big plug for Dungeons and Dragons and Dungeons and Dragons shows, but also a big Yay. plug for just like loving whatever you love, regardless of who else loves it. And that's okay. I think that's a great place to end with. And you know what? We're going to go straight into the poem. Oh, let's do it. And and this comes from the book that I recommended, <laughs> Lighter by Young Pueblo. I want to say it right and not say it wrong. I'm pretty sure I'm saying it right. I, do you notice that like, the, my biggest yeah. fear in the world, if we're honest, is saying people's names wrong? Yeah. I think, though, in this context, you can apply the biblical name protocol. That's what I call it, which is where if you say it confidently enough, mm. we don't know. Well, I'm also really aware that I read people's names uh, when I'm reading. There are so many words that I like read and I mm. oh, in my yeah. head have a way that I read it. And then I look at it, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not actually the word. But yeah. I digress. So this is from Lighter. Pick the path that lights you up. The one you know deep down is the right choice. Stop listening to doubt. Start connecting with courage. Do not let the idea of normal get in the way. It may not be the easy path, but you know great things take effort. Lean into your determination. Lean into your mission. Lean in to the real you. And that is, and then it goes on. It's like kind of like a second part, but people who have experienced deep suffering and are still gentle with others do not get enough credit. To not let the hard things that happen to you win is our heroic work. To drop the bitterness and still live in an open heart despite it all is a massive gift to this world. Mm-hmm. So that's his whole little opening section of the book later. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Hey, thanks for doing this. I, I feel lighter after this conversation. Yeah, I feel good. So thanks for sticking around, mom or dad or who has stuck around. <laughs> <laughs> We will catch you on another interview with Rev Covering next week. But thank you so much for joining us and for making this such a great community, guys. Oh my gosh. The, please continue to message us. I got to tell you, the messages lately have been so incredibly helpful, just encouraging. And we do this work. If we pay for this show out of pocket, you know, we, we have wonderful patrons and we're able to pay for some of the work. But we do, we still pay for this because it matters to us that you guys have a space and that we have a space. So thank you for being part of this. And if you want yeah. to become a part of our discord channel and part of Patreon, you can find all of that information in our show notes. So until next week, thank you so much. First Corinthians warned you about the women with a loud mouth. And this podcast is just that here at the speaking in church podcast. We talk all about the regular people and the things that regularly happen to them in the evangelical church. It's a podcast about change. It's a podcast about seeking moral high ground. And it's a podcast for people who are just trying to deconstruct on the safe side. You can listen wherever you get your podcast. And if you want to be a guest, yes, you, regular person, you can be a guest on the Speaking in Church podcast. If you want to come on, just let us know.